about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. And now, it's Showtime. <laughs> of course, I was on mute, but everybody, welcome to the MMA show. This is the UFC 288 recap. As always, I'm the host for today. I am Cage. I, Ivan is away right now on work, so I'm going to be hosting today. Of course, joining with me today is Coach Rage, what is going on, Coach? Hey, good to see you guys. And as always, joining with us is Alex. How's it going, Alex? Going good, man. Excited to be here and uh, excited to recap this uh, event, man. I know. This this took place at, uh, of course, the Prudential Center in uh, New Jersey. They've held a lot of uh, events there, uh, ironically, over the last few years. It's been one of the go-to arenas outside of las vegas uh before we get into it what were you guys like first opinions on the fight card i'll start with you rage um uh i looked at the card i didn't think it was going to be very good and i watched the card and i was right (laughs) (laughs) yeah there was um yeah there was a lot of Oh God, the judges, Derek Clearly, or Cleary, or however you say his name. Man, yeah, Cleary, you got, he, it, you got it right. Yeah, he uh he wants to give Saldamato a run, right? But you know, neither of them will ever be as bad as Adelaide Bird, but yeah, god, god damn guys. However, that being said, I thrive, the Iyer division thrives on bad judging. Our whole one bell philosophy of go out, finish the fight, don't leave it to the judges is 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 validated yeah. by judges like Derek Cleary and uh, Sal Diamato. Sal was not working that night, but uh, he's he's done actually a good job the last. Yeah, he's been year. getting better. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> like he flipped the switch. He was right? like, "Okay, you, uh, you, here, you the, take it. Yeah, you, you take the man on a bad judge, and I'll go back to." being a subpar decent judge because the past couple of like so so uh judging the fights he's done a good job and like you said it's been clear there's another guy that's done a bad job yeah. the one uh that did the belter and ufc fight back-to-back nights i don't yeah. even think he's done anything lately i forget the guy's name yeah um we will say that uh a lot of the uh, there was what two fights that were uh, switched out and changed around, and so there was there's some short notice fighters stepping up and and very impressive, very impressive mm-hmm. considering that they were they were short. I mean, no, let four me... fights that were yeah. If there was four fights canceled, two, yeah, fight that was added, and then a fight that was put together 
from two guys that were in other fights. Yeah, yeah. So that that's impressive. That's good, right? And it, it's yeah. the thing about the UFC and, and their roster, uh, more so than any other uh, promotion, MMA promotion, they do short notice fights well. Their their talent rarely shows badly because of short notice so that's that's speaking to the professionalism of yeah the caliber it, of the roster uh the show in the ring um in the in the octagon might be different but they're definitely they're showing up they're like they want that paycheck that's a thing that's big with them so they're going to take short notice fights i've said this so many times it used to be you train for three months and then you take a fight but now it's you go in and you got guys that will take fights on two weeks notice, three weeks notice, just yep. for the paycheck. Yep. And they don't need all that time anymore. The the way that guys train now has kind of changed a little bit where they can ramp things up or they're already training by the time that they're looking for a fight. Yeah, and and really if you're if you've got a good team around you, uh, you should just always be ready. And the more professional you are, the better your diet's going to be year round. Um, you know, you're not going to patty pimblet between yeah. between fights. Um, Alex, what did you think of the card? Um, well, before the event started, I mean, it was. I mean, I think the prelim card could have been a little bit better, and the main card too. Um, yeah, uh, but overall, it was a decent card. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, it wasn't good for Phil Harris. I'll say that. You, man. <laughs> He got laid out. That's that's a testament to uh... and my buddy was in, in the same section as his family. His family was oh. uh, were you there? No, I wasn't there. Oh, okay. I was supposed to go, but of course yeah. work oversees that. But my buddy my buddy and a few other people went and they sat in the same row and people were heckling his family after they left. Oh, that then his that sucks. Was, that's fucking New Jersey yeah. for you though. Really. I right. mean <laughs> it, it is, man. <laughs> Hey, hey, that, that was North Jersey. That was the New York people. Yeah, bridge and tunnel, <laughs> bridge and tunnel crowd. Yes. That's that's why they got that rep. Um, but uh, Akram Aliskarov, I'm saying his name wrong. Akram, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's yeah, Ikram or no? Yeah, Ikram, Ikramov, Ikram, Aleskarov, Akram Ikramov. Yeah, uh, he laid out Hawes and uh. Beautiful boxing, yeah. and and it's like, wait a second! Oh, you're a sambo fighter, but you can punch like that. Okay, yes. all right. So that, that, there was a little bit of deception with him because the one loss they had was he only lost to uh, Hamzat Shemaev. That's his only yeah. loss. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna be he's gonna be trouble for the that division. And I, yeah, I'm excited it's, it's to see always, what he does. Like I look at Phil Halls. They're they're hyping him up. It, like he went to Thailand, trained the Muay Thai. <sighs> and he, he always looks good early on. Yeah. But then he always makes those calculated risks that don't pan out and he leaves himself wide open in the face. You're being generous. <laughs> yeah. You're being generous. <laughs> yes. You know, I listen, uh, coming, uh, yeah, I don't want to sound too, too critical, but uh, he has a lot of hype because of the way he looks physically, yeah. more so than anything. Uh, if you actually look at his performance in in the cage, he's he's not really he's barely UFC caliber, and and he's on his way out now. Uh, yeah. So you know, 
That's that's he'll how be, that goes. He'll be picked up by like a Bellator or PFL. I think PFL and he'll will and he'll do better. Yeah. He'll do better. He'll have a longer career. Uh, he'll have a fan base based just upon you know, just like uh, Mr. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it's how you look. That's cool. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll run down a little bit of the prelims before we break down the main card. Yeah, Claudio Ribeiro uh, knocked out uh, Joseph Holmes. I thought he looked better in round two. Ribeiro, he's going to be a guy that pressures you, getting, gets in your face. He has power, but then he he's going to take damage back. He's he, he doesn't do a good job of defending himself. Yeah, he looked good that, in the second round there. And that's you know it's the first fight on the early prelims, right? And, yes. And you got a uh, ugly man Joe coming straight out of LFA, like green, 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 making some rookie mistakes. And, and you could, I could see it I, yeah. that, that he was nervous to be in the big cage in the big show. Um, I like him. I'm, I'm, I'm Instagram friends with him. Um, I, I, I like him. I like what he does. I think he's got, I think he's got a future. I think yeah. he's just gotta, you know, tighten some things up and, we talked about Ikram Askarov. He got the win over Haas. Yeah. Parker Porter shockingly got the knockout over Braxton Smith. <laughs> I thought Braxton was going to pull it out. Of course, it went the opposite way. Verna Jander Droba got now, the decision win. Am I, over am I remembering correctly? I, I think in uh, Parker Porter's yeah. Octagon interview, he said that was his first legit KO of his career. I think that's what he I, was, right? I believe um, so. Yeah, he, he has a lot of decisions where he controls the guy on the mat or he does a lot of, like, striking but not damage striking. A lot of just touch and go, touch and go. Yeah. And, you know, Braxton Smith, that's a one-trick pony right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, just a big, huge, strong, explosive, athletic guy, but uh, really not very well-rounded. Really, you know, yeah. it's like – I was. I was impressed with Janda Joruba. She got the win over Marina Rodriguez. She moves up into that echelon where if she can improve a little bit more and keep winning, she could be a challenge up there. Mm -hmm. She just needs to work on her striking, I feel like. I thought yeah. she has the grappling down the jiu-jitsu. It's just the striking. It's too much looping shots and not enough deception with what she's going to do standing up. It's yep. all to lead to the takedowns and patrolling and wearing our opponent out. But against it, somebody like Marina who has that range advantage, I, I was yep. impressed with that. Yeah. And she's, uh, she was ranked number nine yes. in the, the straw weight division. Um, and now she's probably going up, right? I, I believe yeah. she's definitely showing up in probably at the most five, because I know Marina was up there after she, Yan Zhao Nan, who we're going to talk about okay. uh, in the main card. You got Kenny and Cheku, who got the standing guillotine choke uh, submission on Devin Clark. Devin Clark was winning that fight, and then he gets caught in the clinch. And at that range, that long length body of Kennedy I had its advantages. I didn't think Devin was winning that fight. Hmm. I think it was. A, I think it was a. I think it was a fight. Um, but yeah, I I didn't think he was winning that. I gave him round one, and then Kennedy was doing good round two, but then they had the choke 
and that, that's all that matters. Yeah, in, yeah. in a fight is the, the finish, and he got I, it. I was the, uh, I was a little disgusted with uh, the welterweight fight before that one. Um, uh, Chaos it, Williams. Yeah, and the and the Chaos other kid over from Bedoya. yeah, and the kid from Peru. Yeah. Um, the kid from Peru actually thought he won that fight, right? Which really, it's that really that bothers me when you put in a lackluster, mediocre performance, and then you act like you're something special, and that you won. And it's like, man, no, everyone lost that fight. Yeah. Everyone lost that fight. It was. It, that... I was disappointed because I thought chaos. This should have been a fight where he should have knocked out Bedoya, and he he has showcased that he can do it. He just didn't, and he kind of allowed Bedoya to stay in it. Listen, and Lance... for having such a perfect name, he's a shit fighter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, bro, your name chaos, chaos mm -hmm. Williams. That's fucking awesome. And then you fight like that, and you don't, and he doesn't improve. That's the, yeah. you know, it's like, oh yeah, you got natural talent, you got mad speed, you got great power, uh, and you're, yeah, and you're hovering around at, yeah. at yeah. So and then yeah, okay, and then, the, and then the last one on the prelim, Matt Frivola knocks out Drew Dober. That's the first time he's been knocked out. And and I understand that this was the. The featured prelim, right? Yes. But damn, son, that should have been on the main card. Yes. Drew Dober is awesome. He's phenomenal. He's great to watch. And then and Matt Frivola, whoo, baby. He and, came in there, steamroller. He, yeah. His nickname, it, it put, got to put to good use there, and he got the victory in the first yeah. round. And I, it's, I it's like hard to crack a guy like Dober. Like McKinney Dober's did got it. a chin. And he's yeah. tough as hell, and he's good, and he's strong. But Frivola, you know, the thing is, I think people see one fight, and then they that's yeah. the impression that they get, right? Um, but, yeah, man, Frivola, he's – And everybody's, <laughs> talk, everybody's talking about the triangle now with those three. Like, McKinney knocked out Frivola. Frivola knocked out Dober, but then Dober knocked out McKinney. Yeah. So it's like this – it's yeah. all talks about you can you can look at whoever you want, but it's anything goes in the octagon. And who do you was it? There was a fight between Riddell, Brad Riddell, and Drew Dober. I don't remember who won that fight. I, I just, I, you know, on, I think it was I think it was Dober. Okay, I, I just it, like those video games where you can like yeah. choose the same character just in a different costume <laughs> or ken and ryu you know it's like it's a, it was oh no no brad riddell won by decision yeah yeah but My that man. was fun to watch because they were so yeah. much alike and they you know. yeah but before we break into that we've got some comments jay jeezer what's good brothers Thanks for tuning in. We got uh, Graydon, the Bin Buster, debuted his show, uh, The Director's Cut, last night, where he talked Guardians of the Galaxy. Hello, all. Please hit that like oh, button, hey. smash the subscribe button, and sing the bell for more content. Thanks so much. We got Nick, Sup Boys, have an awesome show. Thanks so much. 
You got World Gray. I was on his show Sunday night. What's up, gents? You got Tim. What's good? Which AEW figures are on the wall? He's talking to you, Alex. Oh, the, yeah, mostly series one, but yeah. Nice. And we got Streets. What's good, dudes? If you want anything to do with fancy football, fancy baseball, this is the guy to go to with his Roto Slappers podcast. He goes on every, usually Sunday and Monday, I believe, and around your guys' time, too. So if you're into that, check him out. But let's start with the first one, get this out of the way, because this was just very boring, and I wasn't into this at all. Yeah. You had the featherweight matchup, Charles Jordan defeated Crone Gracie by unanimous decision. It was 30-27, 30-27, 30-27, as it should. Uh, what were your thoughts on this fight? I'll go last. I'll start with you, Alex. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought Kron was going to get the win. I thought he was going to submit him um, very early. Uh, but no, Charles fought a really good, uh, good fight, good game plan. Um, was you know beating up in the stand up, you know, especially even the ground. Kron couldn't do anything. Um, it's crazy. Kron's been gone for for a, a long time. You know, three and a half years, yeah, right. And uh, when a person has gone that long, you know, when you have time to go to the gym and train, you know, he, he has his own school too. You know, he didn't really evolve, uh, fought the same same style. It's just, you know, that's that you know, go to the grounds to meet you. And I think that style is kind of getting outdated. And uh, you know, it's that the way he fights is kind of like the way he fought, uh, his father fights, you know, and it's just the game, game evolves. And uh, stand up didn't look that impressive. The ground, he couldn't even can't get anything on the ground. So yeah, just it's not a good performance by Kron. Um, yeah, but Charles did fought a really smart game plan. He looked really good, and you know got the win. Looked really good. Yeah, one thing that he d- didn't do, which was good, was chase Crone uh, when he was on the ground. Like you see the memes on there of Crone just crawling towards him uh, for long periods of time. It just didn't seem like he was into the fight. It seems like a lot of guys can have that long layoff. They learn, they expand their uh, their fight knowledge, the fight game. He didn't seem like he did it. No. Like he's all about, of course, it's the Gracie name. You're all about the jiu-jitsu and the grappling. And Jordan knew that, so he stayed away from it as much as possible. And then he landed when he needed to. He had the bigger shots. He had a lot of uh, volume and Crone Gracie just couldn't get anything going. He I just thought it was a guard. Bad. Couldn't do anything. Yeah. It was yeah. just a bad matchup for him. If Jordan would have bit on some of those, maybe it would have been a closer fight. He just didn't bite. Yeah. Uh, Jordan was the smarter guy there, and I just, I just was tuned out of this fight by round one. I knew where it was going by what I was seeing. Yep. Yeah. So. Uh agree with everything you guys say you know uh crone really like does he even want to be in the ufc i don't you know it's like okay are you just finishing out your contract um he had enough time he could have worked with a legit mma coach a legit striking coach um so he just chose not to um and really what he's shown uh he's shown how much mma has evolved 
over the past 20, 25 years. Uh, and I believe he's shown that jujitsu is the most overrated aspect in MMA. I'm not saying jujitsu is not important. Uh, it's just jujitsu doesn't work without striking and wrestling first. Uh, and you can win without jujitsu, but you can't win with only jujitsu. And so Charles, jo Charge, Charles Jordan, uh, he knew what he was facing and that was his game plan. Uh, I think he was actually expecting better striking from Crone. And so then after round one, he, he figured out, oh, this is okay. Well, I just need to do the exact same thing for two more rounds for another 10 minutes. And, you know, and I at least applaud Jordan for the end of round three, where he was like, well, at least let me try and, <laughs> and land the knockout. At least let me try and draw some blood here. But uh, Jordan also is a jujitsu black belt. So he was able, to, he, it's like, he, he was able to get right out of guard, stand right up, back out, shut everything down. Uh, so boring as hell to watch, but I think, uh, you know, round of applause for Jordan. And, uh, I hope, honestly, I hope Crone's, uh, Crone has fulfilled his contract and yeah. he just stays, sticks to jujitsu. That's what he loves. That's what he's great at. Uh, there's no reason for him to there's no need for him to be here. And that's his question. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I'll let you go. Oh, uh, and it's one thing too. Like, if you're really good on the ground and you're really good jujitsu and back belt, whatever, and you, that's your game, you should be doing whatever it takes to get there. So it means wrestling should be your number one priority. If you're good on the ground, get get your wrestling on on point. Yep. And yep. there's just nothing. A lot of these guys. I've seen don't have good takedowns. I've seen some of these Gracies do a good job with their striking. Yeah, you got Belcher, you got Nyman Gracie. Like he showcased a little bit of his striking, yep. where he can and, use that to set things up. And then you yep. got and Conry. Brian Ortega, uh, who yep. is one of the star pupers. He has and, a great striking to Hoyce's son Conry, Conry Gracie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's he's got a well-rounded you know obviously he's got the jiu-jitsu that you don't want to go there but at least he's working with a, a boxing coach and and he he has a game you know has an mma game plan where uh i don't know i don't know what crone's thinking uh but it like like everybody it it, it looked like he didn't really care it looked like he didn't really want to be there it's, it's always good when you have the jiu-jitsu, but I feel like you have – I'm not going to say it has to be like a secondary thing, but you have to be able to switch it with something else. Yeah. Like if you're going to have striking with it, yep. use it and then use that and then vice versa to transition or have wrestling. So at least your wrestling can go into the jiu-jitsu and you can set it up. Like yep. You can't really like just get to it without – getting right in front of the guy and then if he's a striker he's just gonna land shots and yep. try and keep you at bay yep you have to have boxing you have to have some sort of 
kicking and punching. You have to have some sort of clinch and takedown game. And then you have to have some at least submission grappling defense. But if you have a well-rounded submission grappling game, that's great. But this is kind of flipped on its head from 20 years ago where grappling the grappling arts were more dominant because it's very difficult to not get taken down when you're trying to strike if you're trying to strike and they're trying to take you down you need good footwork and you need good takedown defense and it's it's taken people a while to to develop that game but then you got guys like you know israel alasanya who has really good takedown defense and really good striking so we really barely even know what he does on the ground right and and a lot of that's with those guys is their base and how they set themselves up like he has that karate style where it's very wide and then he kind of depicts that it's going to happen so he just plants his feet with that wide base and it gives him leverage yep well and then the other thing that izzy does really really well um look at me singing the praises of izzy um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on a card that he didn't even fight but what he does really really well is he uses uh decoys and feints and and deception yeah. so when you think he's doing one thing and he does something else it's hard for you to <laughs> to get a hold of him so anyway next fight yeah, let's let's move nope. on featherweight we got <laughs> Mansar Evla defeated Diego Lopez by unanimous decision 29 28 29 28 30 to 27 I'll let you start apps um, yeah, I mean, Lope, uh, Lopes came in uh, short notice. I think it was like two weeks, right? Something like that. Yeah. Two week notice, yeah. I mean, no, it was, was uh, e- Evil Ev uh, was two weeks. Lopez right? was Lopez. Like three days, two or three days. He was really short notice. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, for a guy that, fuck, man, for a guy for three days, I mean, I thought he did a really good job. Um, you know, had some success in a couple moments. Uh, at one point, man, I thought he was in the middle with that arm bar. Um, you know, he had that, you know, it was very close. Um, yeah, he had some really good positions. He had good submissions. Um, at one point, I think he even had a leg lock at one point. Um, but, you know, looked really good. Stand-up is really phenomenal. Um, you know, really mixed it up. And it was a good win. Um, again, both guys showed notice, so you know, overall, good win for Avila, but I'm excited to see Lopes again with a full train camp and see what he what he can do. But yeah, I think overall it was a good fight. I give him props for fighting until the end. He he, he had not a hard. He could have just yeah, he could have just gave up early on, but he didn't. I, I'd call Evla uh, the guy that likes to play with this food because he's mm-hmm. the decisionator. Like he could finish you, but it seems like he just wants to draw yeah. it out, uh, wrestle with you grind it out and then just land shots it's always on the mat with him and he did showcase a little bit of the strike and you saw in the picture there he landed a couple good shots but yeah he just likes to play with his food and win and he can't lose right now and i would have really liked to see him against brian mitchell in that fight i was looking forward to that i had evolve winning that fight because i just felt like just like this one that's how it was going to be i felt like and i I hope that they reschedule it somehow because I think that Evlov can 
rebook it. He's on the move up. I want to see him against these top featherweights. Like, you got Volkanovski, who just got announced he's going to be fighting, of course, Rodriguez uh, later on in July. I want to see him against a couple of these guys just because he has that wrestling background. That could be like an equalizer for him. I still want him to work on that striking because you need that opposite thing. But it seems like he can easily get his opponents to the mat and then just play with them. He has that leverage. He has that strength on him. But Lopes did have his moments in the fights. And it was good to see Dana White pull him aside and say, thanks for taking the fight. You did us a solid. You're going to get that fight bonus. So that was good good on him to uh, encourage Lopes so that in yeah. his next fight, he comes in very motivated. Yeah, I think uh, Lopez, even though he lost, his stock went up. His his real estate value went up. Um, I think Lopez looked very impressive. He surprised me because he was actually better at the striking than uh, Ivoyev. And I was actually a little bit disappointed in Ivoyev's performance. I I thought he was a better striker than he is. Uh, I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to his career, uh, but after watching this fight, he made some pretty rudimentary footwork mistakes, pretty base, just basic striking. He, he could, yeah. you know, and and with a background in combat sp- sambo, uh, I I just expected more from him. Uh, but what impressed me was he didn't tap, and he got out yeah. of submissions yeah. where normal humans and even elite humans tap to that shit uh and that knee bar like man knees are not supposed to bend in that direction Uh, so that that was impressive uh but you know yeah it was cool that was cool but it was also kind of yes will gray you need to watch more ufc (laughs) absolutely everybody needs to watch more ufc except me because i watch too much but uh yeah, it was kind of a boring fight, though. Yeah, you know, just I think like... he under—I think he underestimated Loops because he was taking on a couple of these those prepping for Mitchell. I think he had done so much to get ready for Mitchell. Then you have a guy take the place of it who is of different skill set. So it's like, okay, I'm just going to go, and he just thought he was just going to go in and murder the guy, and that wasn't the case. Like he did. Yeah control a lot on the on on the ground but loops made him work now back to the judges right it's these scores make no sense these scores don't make any sense and it lopez showed well but he lost every round and he wasn't really in the fight he he just was like oh shit he <laughs> he won the he won the stand up and forced to take you know forced yeah. a shot but didn't defend the shot and then was dominated on the ground and then got some very close almost yeah. near submission how do you score you can't score a near submission or a submission attempt a, as winning the round yeah. if you don't have top control if you don't have cage control if you don't like there's so many other factors but these judges really they you know they suck so i i I hate the fact that they sit there right in the front of the cage i always think that you should be up top either 
looking from above or looking at a TV and watching on a TV and judging that way. So yeah. you can see everything because I feel like the cage can block a little bit of what you can see and you're not getting a true clear look at what's going on. Whereas if you uh, watch on the TV, you can see everything. Yeah. They they have monitors in front. No, they don't do that. They're just sitting right there. They I don't have the they're monitors. They're sitting right but... there. They could have monitors because I know the commentators do, but yeah. it's a small monitor. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't I don't accept that. Uh I don't yeah. I don't think it's that they're not seeing what's happening. I think they just, they don't understand it. They, they're not, they're not trained. They're not coming from yeah. a fighting background. They're not coming from a coaching background. They don't, they're, they're government employees, really, you know? Um, but I love them because that just makes my guys work harder. Yeah. So. Let's, let's move on to the next one. We got the women's strawweight battle. Hey, Jan Zalnan defeated Jessica Indraj by first round knockout. I'll let you start out with it, Alex. Um, yeah, I picked uh, Jan to win this uh, win this fight, um, but did not think she was going to win it in two minutes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, man, she just caught her coming in, and you know, and that was pretty much it. I mean. You know, and it's sad because now you think, well, what's next for for Andrade? And I said this too: if you get a win over Andrade, now it's pretty much you know you got a big name former champion on your record, and now you get a title shot. And that's I think that's what they're trying to go for, right? I think they want to put her against Whaley in I think in China. China. So yeah, yeah I mean, and it sucks now because now Andrade's kind of set where, you know. Kind of like yeah, you get a win over her, are you ready for the next level? And I think that's where she is now in her point of her career. Um, cause she lost this fight and she lost to um, Emily, right? Uh, Benchfield. So, yeah. so that's what two losses in a row for her now. Is that yes? Is it in a row? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, she lost to them straight Andrade, and then that one. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, with her, but you know, definitely not a good position uh, to have two else in a row and their finishes. So we'll see. But yeah, Jan looked really good. Um, finished it quick, first round. Can't can't beat that. So I'm excited to see, uh, you know, how she does against Whaley. They were talking about this. This was a good point. Uh, she after the loss to Sparza, she moved to the U.S. and started with. Uh, I believe it was Alpha Male, Team Alpha, Alpha Male. Yeah. She, she yeah. started training with them, and you can see the the dividends paying off here of yeah. moving to close, training with a different group. You see the more crisp striking, the movement, the stance changing. It was confusing Andrade. And then she was landing those uh, snapping leg kicks to the, the lead leg of Andrade. And all of that was confusing Andrade because she was expecting one thing. And then it, it was just a completely different uh, mindset. She was fast, right. throwing the kick, switching stances. And then once Andrade was trying to process it, that's when Jan was uh, incorporating those feints. It was like, I'm going to incorporate the feints and I'm going to confuse her even more. And then she was laying those straight shots where Andrade was throwing those power looping shots she was landing a couple but then she was taking damage to the both legs damage to the face and then you saw when she got knocked down they were circling after the two 
quick leg kicks. She threw the overhand right, and then Ashes throwing the overhand left. Yan comes in with a straight hand and just knocks her down because she caught her first, and then she finishes her on the mat. It was just that accurate punches, good game planning. It caught Andrade off guard. And part of the thing I don't like about Andrade is the fact that she's too up and down with the divisions. She's not picking a division and staying there. She's changing on the go. Every other fight, she's changing because she'll lose, and then she'll be like, oh, let me go down. I'll fare well there. Wins two, then loses one, and then goes back up. She doesn't pick and then get used to the weight class. It's just too hippy-hoppity with her. And everybody knows she's going to come with the power, come with the aggression. It's just that this time, Jan's on unused it against her with her own speed. She was the quicker one. She was the more deceptive one. And if I keep seeing this, I'm, I'm very impressed by her. Like the, from, from the fight against Esparza where – She's a good striker, but not a lot of power. But then she has bad takedowns. She worked on the takedown defense in the Marina fight. She showcased that. And now you see more power from her and more speed from her. So she's adding more to her. Do I think that she's ready for Wang Lei? I don't think so. I think I think me I still favor Zhang Wei Li, but she's definitely moving in the right steps. I think she might want to take one more fight to prep for it, but she definitely looked a lot better than she did two years ago. Uh, so my wife was watching this with me and she looked at me and she said, do you think Andrage took a fall? Do you think this was fixed? Do you think the, the company is trying to make it China versus China in China? And I can't say that I know, uh, it makes sense. It looks it looks like that could happen. And Andrade looks awful. Awful. So the question is, has Andrade, is she actually slipping? Is is this the end for her? Because she looked she looked really bad two fights in a row. And she's looked bad before and then she's looked good. And but she has not improved. Right, her she hasn't changed her game. She everyone. It's like okay, we know what we're facing. We know what's going on here. Um, with Jan, uh, I'm not even going to attempt her last name. Um, I no no. Yeah, right. I am not. Impressed. <laughs> I'm I'm not impressed. It's like okay, yeah, you landed something straight, and I guess I'm impressed that you know a straw weight gets a knockout. But uh, it, it, you know, okay. Um, against, I don't think she's going to be able to, like if, if Carla comes back, she just had a baby. Um, and if Carla, you know, is still up there in the rankings, that rematch could be interesting, but I don't think she's going to be able to, to stand with Carla. If Rose gets her, her head together, Rose will destroy Jan. Uh, Wei Li, like you already said, hey, <laughs> Jan is not ready for Wei Li. Um, so we even have, we even have Amanda Lemos too, who's up there. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I think it's uh, I don't know. You know, let them let the company do whatever. If if they want 
two Chinese women fighting for the title in China. Cool. Or if they want to let Wei Li retain her title <laughs> against, you know, that's that's fine. But uh, it's there's just such a huge gap in the strawweights uh, between the top three or four and everyone else. You know, and then you and then you got a lot of people that allow them to fart each other, like Carla fart Jan already dominated her. So, but now she's having a baby, so that's not going to happen. Rose right. fart Carla twice and lost. That's not going to happen. But then that's why I'm thinking, why why don't they just do Jan against Rose? And then you got Lemos, maybe give her a crack at Zhang Weili. Yeah. Or something like that. There's going to be somebody that is going to be out of the order there that's going to have to wait. So I think maybe because there's no clear-cut favorite to challenge uh, Zhang Weili, have Rose fight Yan Zhaonan. Because then if Yan wins, then that's two big wins for her in a row. Or if Rose wins, then that's her, okay, I've already beat Zhang Weili twice, and then I've won twice since then so that's that's what earns me my uh, shot at the title again let's move on to the co-main event this is the one that was put together just about a week ago uh, before the event you got a five-round co-main event Bilal Mahavan defeated Gilbert Burns by Ineas decision 50 to 45 49 46 49 46 I'll, I'll get this one started uh, with this fight. Uh, just Bilal Muhammad just came in here. Like we were talking about this. This was a born fight. I thought he just looked a lot better. And I might be the one that's going to be different about this, but a lot of people are coming in. Uh, Gilbert Burns with this shorter, shorter was bad. It, it looked like he injured it when he was going for the takedown and Bilal Muhammad sprawled and came back up. It looked like he landed on the shorter wrong or the impact. And that's what changed the fight. I have to give props to Blue Muhammad too. He's not the guy, type of guy that's going to knock you out, but he's coming off of Ramadan. He's been dying all month. And then he took this fight on less than uh, two weeks notice, literally during Ramadan. He was still doing it when he took the, the fight. He comes in here and he just landed those leg kicks were just very vicious to the to the shorter and the side of Gilbert Burns. He was being very aggressive, moving forward without using a lot of energy. And he, he just landed a lot of damage with that. A lot of high leg kicks, high movement, throwing those jabs. It's just this is what's gonna happen when you got a guy who rather uh pushed a little bit of pace, but then manage his gas tank to go five rounds rather than go for broke and knock somebody out. That's what it's going to be with Bilal Muhammad. Like we talked about, he's not that flashy of a guy. He's not going to knock you out. He, he can be born, but he showcased that he can add to it and beat guys that everybody's bent against him. This is the third straight fight that he was the underdog and he comes in and he dominates the fight out volumes him after five rounds, he looked like he could go another two or three. He laid a lot of volume, and Gilbert Burns just didn't seem right. Whether it was that, whether he was coming in with that, and then he re-injured it, he just wasn't throwing enough. And then on top of that, that's where 
below Muhammad was landing those leg kicks. So it was like they both took the fight on short nose, five rounds. Maybe they could have done it at another time, and the result could have been a little bit different. But below Muhammad took advantage of the situation, landed what he had to land, kind of came out unscathed. And I always think of this, if a guy can do that, and even though people are going to not be happy, he can take a fight a month from now because of it, because he, he didn't take any damage. And that's kind of the kind of, kind of guy that Blum Hobbit is. But I have to give him credit because his takedown defense is so good. He, he got taken down for a second there, but then he popped right back up. It's one of the best there with Adesana, with Uzman. It just so happens two of the guys are in the same division as him, so you don't talk about him because he doesn't have that finishing power. But he has showcased that his striking has been steadily improved. He can push the pace, and he can go five rounds. So that's going to be a recipe for him. I want to see him fight Colby Covington next. I want him to fight that because I don't think he's – like I think he could be ready for Leon, but, of course, Leon – I feel like is the better striker, but I do think with what he has added to him with those leg kicks, I think he could do well against Leon in a five round fight. It sucks that their fight got canceled because of the eye poke in round two, but he's used everything that he learned from that fight and kind of improved from it. And he's, he's always going to be the guy that's going to grind you out and win. He's not going to be the guy to go for a knockout. He did knock out Sean Brady last fight and kind of showcase that he can do it, but he's not going to do it. He was all about the switching of the stances, confusing burns, throwing the leg kicks, mixing in the strikes, and pushing him back. And and that's that with the shorter kind of hurt Gilbert Burns in this fight. He, it just made him look like a different fighter. On to you, Alex. Oh, um... Yeah, um, um, Muhammad, you know, did what he had to do to get the win. Um, but you know, here's the thing if you're proving a point, you know, I'm next in line, I'm next with the title shot, and I'm next in your co main event, you know, you got millions of people watching, and you got a guy that's one arm, and you're not going for the finish. And you're not proving a point that you're next. It's like, come on. You got one guy that has one arm, and you're not at least pushing the pressure. You're not at least trying to go for the kill. And he didn't do that. He played it safe, trying to get the win. And, you know, you know what happened after that fight? People booed. And that's <laughs> not a good sign. You know? Well, it is and, the, and it's it because is. people were booing him walking out. So Right. And it is New Jersey. And that's... Yes. Man, if I was there, yeah. I probably would have booed too. Right. Well, you know, babies born in New Jersey. Right. The first word they learn is boo, <laughs> then mom, <laughs> and dad. So. But uh, yeah, um, thought he could have. I thought he could have uh, finished. Um, you know, I would have loved to see a little bit more pressure, a little bit more. You know, this would have been a great moment to say, you know what? Like, if you would have finished a guy like Burns, you know, now you can't say no to a title shot. But we'll see. You know, Dana always changes his mind. Yep. You know, so we'll see. Um, but if he fights like this, I don't see him beating Leon. Um, I know you guys said like the eye poke, but like even then, even before the eye poke, he was getting dominated on stand up against Leon. So, yeah. you know, 
he's got to change something. But you know, yeah, he felt the if you fought Leon, Leon beat him. Yeah, so he goes by uh, remember the name, but uh, I remember his order, his Starbucks order, where you write the name on the side of the cup, and, <laughs> and it's uh, pumpkin spice, pumpkin spice latte and UGG boots because that's basic, and Muhammad is as basic as you get. His striking is so uncreative, and it's just very basic, very rudimentary. He's durable he's strong uh he's got a some athleticism but he's got a a a very uh rugged frame uh but he's got no head movement he's got nothing to any uh, the word slick is as far away from his striking (laughs) um so i was disgusted watching this I was so unhappy that it was five rounds. I just like, oh, God, oh, I got to sit through this for 25 minutes. Uh, and then the fact that uh, Burns was injured off the PEDs, clearly visibly off the PEDs. Uh, yes. So it was just, it was lackluster all around. And And I'm looking at the rankings and, you know, okay, well, Belial and and Colby could be interesting, but you're wasting money if you're doing that. The the company is wasting money because Colby Colby is a a sale, right? So there's money there. Uh, Belial is a liability. You're going to lose money. So I'm looking at uh, Rachmanov. I'm looking at Shavkat Rachmanov and Hamza Chmaev to solve the Muhammad problem. And he's a problem. He's a problem for the company. He's a problem for the fans. Um, the sooner we beat him and, and send him away, the better it is for MMA. He, he's not a problem for my wallet. I'll say that because he's doing good for me. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> for for it, you actually you actually bet on this stuff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been on it. you're like I, I got I, I no was, conflict of interest. <laughs> no, no, and I was I was very confident going in because you said it. Like you said it. Like he's yeah, not excited. Grinder. He's yep. grinder, but that that's the thing. He's gonna play the villain. He's okay with it, and it's like that's all you gotta do is solve him, yep. beat him. And but here's the one thing I like about him is he doesn't shy away from a fight. He's like, I'll fight right. him, I'll fight him. But then it seems like no one wants to fight him. And whether it's because you're not going to make money off of him, it's like, well, he called out Shemayev. He called out Rakhbinov. But they're not taking the bait. But then you got a guy like Corey Masvidal. He sells a fight great, but then he doesn't have the skills. He right. just doesn't have the skills. Yep. And it's like, at what point do you just give in a little bit? Because it's like, okay. Let's give Masvidal two, three title fights before you give somebody else one just because he is excited, but then he loses 75% of the time. Whereas this guy, he has only showed that he he almost lost the one time if it wasn't for the eye poke. And other than that, he's won eight straight fights. No, actually nine straight fights. Yeah. He He, grinds out, he wins. He just, yeah, he's a grinder. He just, okay. But 
I've seen, I've seen, uh, I've seen former guys like GSP do the same thing: grind, grind, grind. And, and GSP had some flair. He had some charisma, <laughs> and his skill level was night and day better. Uh, yeah, it's just Muhammad is just unexciting. He's just uninteresting. Um, but like you said, he does. He's he is uh, he's the new John Fitch. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that way because John Fitch just falls on a guy and lays on him. This guy will stand up and trade with you, but I feel like yeah. maybe maybe he relies too much on saving the gas tank to go with the four or five rounds, and then he looks good with it. But maybe I, he I, I don't think a he, little bit. Of, I, I don't think he just he doesn't have the capacity. He doesn't have the creativity. He doesn't have the footwork. He doesn't have the head movement. He couldn't tire himself out if he wanted to. He <laughs> he just goes forward, throws. Yeah. Throws right. fucking blah, 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 and and that's that's it. And he's got great takedown defense, yeah. and he's he's durable as hell, but uh, he's t- far from interesting. Yeah, but I do think he's a problem, and I do think that he'd be. I think if he fought, there Edwards is, again, is, it'd be different. Mm, no way. No. Oh, no way. I, I think Edwards would piece him up. Tear him yeah, apart. I don't. I, I, don't, I, don't, see I don't know. Be, I don't know. I just don't know. Um, what's he been doing? I don't even think he's getting past Kobe. Honestly, Usman wants to fight. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, but isn't uh, Shemayev? Hasn't he been put on ice? Didn't Dana said he's not fighting? He's got personal problems going on. He's not fighting right now. Um, I I guess. But then I I could then I could see because I could see Belial and Kamaru. I I could see that. But after Kamaru called out Shemaev, yeah, I think he's his mind is set yeah. on him. And you know how fighters are when the minds are set, they're set, they're sit out until they they get yeah. what they want. Just look at Kobe Covington. I don't know what you're he, trying to say about fighters. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there, there is matchups that you can make, like you can have him against Shavkat, but then it doesn't seem like they're trying to do too much with Shavkat because even though he's he has the flair and he has the knockout power or or submission uh, capabilities. He he doesn't sell it either because he doesn't talk. Right, and he's <laughs> is he from Mongolia? Or is he, he's from he's from I think I think he's from Mongolia and then he trains in Ukraine or something like that. Something crazy. <laughs> okay, that. so uh, yeah, you know of that. But, uh, so he's he's more of like he's like a hardcore fan. Yeah, fan, but he's not a casual fan kind of fighter. Yeah, you know? I think you, 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 I think they have to pair him with somebody that can sell a fight, and then he winds up winning because he's the better fighter. Yeah, but because he can't sell it himself. Yeah, and they gotta be, the... they gotta be careful with who they pair him with, and that's why you don't see him jumping to put him with somebody because it's like, okay, he's great, he's a great fighter, but we need somebody who can talk. So that's why I'm like. That's why I'm surprised they never paired him with Colby Cummington that sooner when they could have because Colby would have sold the fight. Shavkat would have put on a great fight against him. That would have been a five-round fight where it would have been interesting with his wrestling and then Shavkat's overall skill set and his reach. Because I think this is too soon for Colby to where what has he kind of done to earn that title shot? 
I don't think beating Masvidal earns you a title shot with how, yeah. how much losing yeah. he's done. But somehow he gets it because he sells fights. Yep. And it's like, it goes back to that. If he can sell fights, you can jump to the top of the line without even doing anything. Yeah. And you get to keep your number two ranking. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. Let's, but let's move on to the main event. We had the Bantamweight Championship. We had Aljamain Sterling defeated Henry Cejudo by split decision. You had uh, 47, 48, 48, 47, 48, 47. I'll let you start this off, Alex. Yeah, I saw the fight twice. I saw it two times. Um, the first time I thought Sterling had did enough to get the win. Um, then I watched the second time, and I thought Cejudo had won. <laughs> three uh three and two um yeah i don't i mean it was back and forth action um i thought there was points that you know sort of looked really good stand up um you know but then i just think if Sahuda would have done what he did in the fifth round i think if he would have done it earlier kind of eliminate the legs and just went because the whole point is that earlier in the fight he was it was hard for him to find that gap find get in because he was such a, a small uh, smaller fighter but you know he had success in the fifth round kind of closing the gap getting in close landing the big shots i think if he would have done that in the beginning rounds i think he would have won the fight um he did win the fight but yeah no i agree yeah. <laughs> won, but judges didn't see that right exactly right but no i mean i mean i mean he was gone for three years yep. um you know and and, and, and old. Yeah, right. And even though I mean, don't get me wrong, like Sterling fought a good fight, but then again, it's like you fought a guy that you know hasn't fought in three years, and it was a close fight, you know. So it kind of make, makes you think, you know, you know. Even then, it was just like he went close to a guy that was off for that long. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought Sonoro did enough to win. Um, you know, and I think Sonoro wants to fight Marab, right? Like, like that's the plan. For yep. him, um, which I think yeah, will be another good fight, exciting fight, and Sterling will fight O'Malley. Um, yeah. yeah. Since he can't go down the list, he might as well go against the one guy that won't fight Sterling. Right. Right. Yeah. So, because of his partner, so you can do that. Did you guys but, see the, uh, score, the judge's scorecard in this fight? I didn't. I saw it right here. How it's uh, split the, like that. The but I didn't see scorecards. A mess. A mess. <laughs> Didn't some give fifth round to Sterling? Yes. I'll be honest with this. I watched it both times. I gave Sterling one, two, and four, and I gave Suhuda three and five. And I thought clear cut Suhuda had the fifth. So I felt like uh, confused that. The fact okay. that the different speaker was that round five because to me I felt like Sterling had it before round five even began. Yeah, no. And it's crazy how like even though you can have somebody and argue, oh, he definitely won round five. He got robbed of that, but how that could have cost him the fight, even though I felt like he lost because I felt like he had problems with the range early, like you said. Sterling was landing a lot of those leg kicks. He was doing the stand switches. He was getting inside the, the clinch. And whenever Henry Suda would 
stop the takedown, which was kind of telegraphed. He wasn't doing anything with it. That was the problem. He would just hold over his head, because, uh, over his neck, because he knew about the neck injury where he had surgery, he had the plate put in or whatever. And he was leveraging that, but he wasn't throwing. He wasn't throwing any damage. So I felt like if he would have thrown damage there, that could have been like a round switch there. But he wasn't doing every, anything at all when he, whenever he was doing that. Whereas whenever Sterling had him in the clinch, he was throwing those knees to the stomach, knees to the legs. He was doing damage. He was thrown even in the clinch. And round one. Damage, damage in quotes. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was. But he was throwing more. Like, but he was, yeah, he was throwing something. It like it's better than throwing nothing. Yep. But uh, he got taken down round one. But then towards the end, he took down Suhudo and then landed a couple of knees, and that kind of changed the round because he had success early. Then he got taken down for forty minutes, forty seconds. But then he took Suhudo down and did damage for the last twenty seconds, and. Even uh, they were saying that usually you see the end of the round, and that usually that gives you an eye point of that. So I was like, okay, it was like a flip flop. I gave the edge to to uh, Sterling at round one. Round two was kind of close, uh, but I thought the takedown was a little too late for Suhudo, and Sterling had more damage. I felt like in that one, round three, I gave it to. Cejudo, he took him down. He controlled him. He was leveraging him with the the takedown defense. Sterling started to slow down a little bit. He started to telegraph uh, again. Sterling was very good when he was staying at range and throwing those leg kicks and using the range to throw. But then whenever he would just shoot, he had issues with it. So I gave round three to Cejudo. But then round four, they had that big moment where it was kind of 50-50, Cejudo had caught him when he was going for the takedown, but then he got caught in that wide stance and then he got taken down and he took the back of him, landing shots. I thought that was a round change in round four because I was going with Cejudo early, halfway through the fourth, but then I thought that was kind of the change of that round to me was that switch into the takedown for Sterling and then he did damage. Round five, all Henry Cejudo. He went with a different game plan, and then he he got round five. So I had it three rounds to two, close. I had it 48-47 where he had one, two, four, and then Cejudo had three and five. Yeah, so I uh, – the way I saw it, I thought, okay, and round one, everyone had it for, for Aljo. Yeah. I mean, everybody, clear as day. But I was pretty sure – also, that round five, clear as day, Cejudo, yes. right? Yes. And I don't think Cejudo so much won that round as Aljo took that round off. At least that's what it looked yes. like to me. He was mm-hmm. he was cruising a little bit, and and it felt like he had it in the bag. I think Aljo thought he won more rounds than he actually won, uh, and was happy to coast in in round five. And I think I think Cejudo coasted round four too because they made him they made them mention that. He, his coaches were telling him he was up two to one, and it looked like he was he wasn't going full throttle round four. It mm. was looking like he was not conceding the round, but if he could win it, he could win it. But if not, then at least he would have more in the I, tank for round five. I was confused, honestly, by Cejudo's performance. Yeah, um, there were so many things that he wasn't 
doing and he was ending he was ending in the the wrestler's front headlock and there's so many things that a good wrestler and i think he's a good wrestler i don't know olympic gold medalist can do from the olymp from the uh the wrestler's headlock but all he did was just lay there uh he he wasn't there's you can snap down and keep snapping down and that that's that that's no risk and it sucks to the guy that's getting snapped down again on the again pop 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 he didn't do that he just he just literally just kind of laid on top of uh aljo and, I don't, and, I don't... And, then, and then even sterling used that to his advantage because then he would back up he'd stay on his hands like this and then kind of just back up that way because he knew he wasn't going to be able to throw a knee because of his hands being down so right. he used that I, to his advantage to get up but he, in that position there you, you've got a 10 finger guillotine you got a darsh you got an anaconda yeah. you've got uh you got a shuck you got a, a snap down there's so many things you have that suhudo should have. now granted suhudo has little tiny t-rex arms so the darts and the guillotine uh, the darts and the anaconda are probably not going to be options for him but just from the grappling aspect that he should have been he should have been hitting things and he just wasn't so i, I don't know what was going on there um round two uh I thought Cejudo won round two. Two of the judges thought Cejudo won round two. Now, round two to me is the round that was the closest, where it's like, okay, it, it could go either way. Round one, clearly Aljo. Round five, clearly Cejudo. Uh, I felt like round four was clearly Aljo. Yeah. And I felt like Cejudo just barely squeaked out round two and won round three. So I had Cejudo winning. But that being said, if you're going to the judges for the title, fuck you. That's, you know, it's like, man, you got to beat the champ to be the champ. You know, you can't you can't do a this eh, half-assed promotion. Yeah you know, performance. Um, and that's why Aljo is, has no fans. He's hated people. He won the title on a technicality. He won it by acting hurt and drawing the DQ from uh, a, an illegal strike uh, in a fight that he was getting his ass beat. He was, he was losing that fight. All right, well, you're not going to win any fans that way. But you won the title. Eh, okay, and you kept the title because financially that's the smart thing to do. Then he rematches Peter Jan, and we find out Jan isn't that great. <laughs> we don't find out, holy shit, Aljo's phenomenal. We find out, hmm, well, let's go back and actually look at Jan's body of work. Okay, yeah, right? You know, like Uriah Faber kind of old and washed up. Uh, Jan looked good taking out Uriah. Yeah, all right. Uh, who was the next guy that he beat? Also a little old and washed up. Then who was the, you know, it's like, oh, okay. Jan looked great beating up old dudes. Then he looked great beating up Aljo, who actually had the excuse that he was injured and then he had to get the surgery and then he came back and Aljo beat up Jan. Then after that, uh, 
TJ. TJ, come on. A one-armed <laughs> TJ Dillashaw. And a guy in the wrong, everybody, in the wrong guy that everybody class. boos. Everybody boos TJ, but then in that one, it was kind of yeah. like 50-50. Yeah. So you, you beat TJ, who's in the wrong weight class and has one arm. You're not going to win any fans that way. No. Okay. You didn't finish Jan. You won the belt in a slimy way that nobody likes. And now you're, now you're squeaking out a bullshit split decision over Cejudo, who's too old and in the wrong weight class and still <laughs> gave you hard work. And then you have the audacity to, to call out Volkanovsky. You know, and it's like, listen, if Cejudo does it, that's different. You are not on, you're not, you haven't earned your strap yet, bro. And you don't have the awareness and you don't have the crowd. You don't understand who you are and how you're perceived. It's, it's a, it's a PR, it's a public relations problem. And somebody needs Somebody needs I to think, help. This I think kid. He, I think he knows that people are hating on him. There's nothing he can do, so he's just gonna go with it, embrace I, it. I disagree that there's nothing he could do. Uh, he's striking. He's the funk master. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, you can you can you can put a little more grit and a little more violence in your striking. You you can be a little more man. You can't beg people for respect. You got you have to earn it. And the yeah. best way to earn it is to knock people out. And he's never done it. So yeah. you're you're not gonna you're not gonna win fans by whining that you should have fans. And then you know, he I don't know. I was a fan of Aldo of Aljo coming up because I saw him do something. He had that great he had the great victory against Sanhagen. Yeah, I mean, he had some really good, he did some good work, and it was exciting to see. But then these, you know, these last five fights, it's just been like, bro, man. And then his behavior, he's like, you know, he's like your friend's little brother. Right, dude, no, you're not invited to this party. And then, come on, guys. It kind of creates a problem because the guy that we think should have next is his training partner in Barab, yeah. who I'm very high on. And it's like, but he's UFC, UFC has a problem on their hand where well, they got a lot of problems because yeah. Barab is, is a PR nightmare too. You know, he's, he's like quasi Russian. He's, you can't understand him. He's yeah. hard to like. He's not very and then, interesting. And then he does questionable things like you see here. He had Sean O'Malley. Uh, and he, that was he, actually that was brilliant. <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was the best. That was the best part of the whole night, right? Yeah. And he you takes, got he, he got Al looking over the yeah. shoulder with that yeah. goofy ass smirk. That's funny. <laughs> but he takes the jacket after Sean takes it off, puts it on, yeah. goes on the cage, and they're like, "Give it back, give it back!" And he's like, "I'm just joking, I'm just joking with you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks but like it, a Keebler elf. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. <laughs> as you see here, this is what's going to happen next, though. That it's he's beaten so many guys in front of O'Malley that it's like, okay, he's kind of next by default, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be them two. 
don't know when it's going to happen, but that's going to happen. And once again, Rob's going to be on the sideline yeah. because he's not going to get the title shot. He's not going to go after Sterling, and then Sterling's not going to go after him because they're training partners. Yeah. So just like Alex said, perfect idea now is Cejudo and Rob, and, and then do it in a couple of months. He wants to fight in August, Cejudo. It looks like, and he wants that. I think he wants that to be his last fight. I think he's at that point. Uh, I showed you guys that video of that he posted on uh, IG of him going through the fight. He was going through. He's like, ah, oh, I thought I had this. Maybe I didn't have this one. I wasn't too aggressive. He was just nitpicking himself. And then he was like, he was like, there's only so much I can do now at my age. So I think that'd be a perfect last fight for him. I guess I the guy it, that with the same type of skills. I think it's an easy fight for him, actually. Mm-hmm. I think it's an easy fight for him. He doesn't have to worry about the the reach and the speed yeah. and, and the striking. It's like, all right, okay, you want to wrestle? Guess what? Yeah. I'm good at that. So, um, Aljo and Sugar. Skittles. Yeah. I, it could I, think be Skittles because- I think Skittles gets it done. I think he's going to beat Aljo. He, he has the power in his, in his hands. That's the yeah. one thing with the striking. I, the one problem, though, with Skittles is his legs. They're very flimsy. You saw that against yeah. Chido Vera where leg, Aljo's, uh, leg check. And Aljo's then not, Aljo's not that guy. The, no. the the only way Aljo could win is get the backpack. Yeah. Right. And But that's, that's, that's what he does, right? Uh, but Sugar... His his striking is a problem for Aljo, but I don't know if he has the takedown defense, and I don't know if he has the the back defense to. So I okay, well, I want to see the fight now, and it's two guys that I don't like, but I still want to see them fight. <laughs> it, it it makes for a, a good fight, and then if Sean O'Malley can win that fight, and then Marab either won stays put and waits or two fights and beats Cejudo, you could get a Sean O'Malley versus Barab and Marab can actually get that title shot. Right. Well, Marab, yeah, regardless, right? So Rob's going to get the title shot eventually, yeah. right? If, if Aljo wins, he moves up the weight class or, you know, exits at stage left. Um, yeah. So he's gonna get that. He's gonna get that title shot. He, he needs it. He, he needs it with the work that he's done under there. This and, is one of the few times where uh, teammates have not called each other out just to get the title shot. I will give him that. We're so used to seeing these guys being kind of cutthroat and be like, "Okay, I want that title shot. I don't care mm-hmm. for training partners or not." But these guys have stayed true to themselves as training partners. Where I'm not going to challenge you. You're not going to challenge me. So that's something I do like about them. You're right. They can be liabilities with what they do kind of because of it. And I think it all starts with the guy that's in charge of them, Matt Sarah. And I yep. think that plays a, yep. a part in it with that group that they have there. I, I or, have to take issue with the commentary. Um, they were they kept going on about the bantamweight division being the most stacked division. Yeah. At one point, that was true. I don't think that's true anymore. I'm, I'm looking at the the rankings here, and uh, you know, there's not that many 
pound for pound contenders in in the ranking, you know. Um, I, I, Aljo, think, I think I think featherweight has stepped up, and that's become featherweight better stepped than up. Bantamweight, lightweight, welterweight. All right, now we're talking about yeah. deep divisions with you know. I, I even even the problem, big... the problem with this sport is that fighters get old too quickly. Yeah, they age at an accelerated rate because of the damage and the violence, yeah. and you know. But, even to uh, extent heavyweight has improved. You got well, the improved, new town. It's shallow as <laughs> but, but it's a if, shallow if, division. But you got this matchup Saturday. If Almeida can pull off the victory Saturday, he'll jump into that top six. And then in that top six, you got these young guys like Aspinall, Almeida, you got Siragan even coming off the loss. You got Sergey yeah. Pavlovich. You've got guys that can it's, challenge it's and are interesting, young. Interesting, but it's it's not. Yeah. You know, it's, the thing is, it's like there's so there's so many holes. There's so they yeah. just you know. Um, listen, man, I I love me some Tai Tuivasa, but I would not call him a great fighter. Right? No. He's a he's not well rounded in any respect. Um, he's a knockout. He's a knockout guy that just added leg kicks to his yeah. Name. Aspinall, he he's coming off an injury, right? Didn't he have yeah. surgery? Yeah, and he, he um, actually just got booked for UFC London against uh, who is it? Uh, Marcin Tabor. That's the main event of UFC London. Yeah. Now, who were you? You were just talking about Jayotin Almeida. Almeida. Why? I don't see him in the rankings. He is ranked number. 11, I think. Oh, uh, number 12. Here he is. Number 12. Uh, He's fighting the Rizenstruck. Oh, this kid. Okay. Yes. Okay. He's the, a light heavyweight that decided to move up to heavyweight. Yeah. The, the should be middleweight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, bro. He's awesome. He's fun to watch, but. No, no. I, I, I love him. Like, I love him. Like, I think he's going to just show out on a Saturday. Yeah, and wrong way class, though. He, he what, should be. Do we know he his height? Stayed in line. What was that? How how tall he is? I do not know his yeah. height off the top of my head. Oh, yeah. I'll look right now. But I do know that he should be late heavyweight. But he was bored of not being used. He is six three. Oh, well. I retract that statement. <laughs> Six three, so, and it says he's two hundred twenty four pounds, and so you know, cut down to two five. Yeah, man, he's right on the cusp. I can't, I can't be mad at this guy, no. right? I mean, first of all, he's he's up there wrecking <laughs> legit heavyweights, right? And he only uh, moved up because he wanted to stay active. Yeah, no one wanted to fight him in lit heavyweight. Yeah, <laughs> man, good for him. I'm looking forward if he can get past this. There's some fun fights for him. Like I want to see him against a who's guy he, like who's, Curtis who's he fighting? Rosenstruck. Rosenstruck. Zarginho. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> wow. Which is a good matchup for him as long as he avoids that knockout blow, the knockout shot that Rosenstruck does, the equalizer. But I see right. him just getting in front, taking him down, and then. Doing work because that's what it seems like 
Almeida does. Yeah, but man, Rosenstrike, man. There's there's just this and I, I can speak from experience a little bit with guys that are that have that kind of bone density yeah. and just that kind of physicality and that kind of it, it, the technical term is effective mass. Yeah. Um goddamn. You get hit with something like that and you're just like what 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 was ow. And um, it's because he's he sits and waits and he counters you with it. So he's like Yeah, and he's just you know, a lot of that is just genetic. That's just what how he's built. And how it, he, it's you know? so different from Derek Lewis, where Derek Lewis has not got power, but he tries to put a lot into it. Yes. And yeah. it, even the Ganu, same thing. He tries to put a lot into it. Yeah. It seems like Rosenstroke's not even putting anything into it. it seems I, like he's uh, just thrown it and it's like effortless. I was I was on a a film project. It was a it's a music video, yeah. and I on the in the cast was uh, Henan the problem. He's a PFL fighter, and yeah. he's like six ten, six eleven, and he's just he's just this gigantic. And jokingly, I walked by and I, I threw a kick at his leg, and he kind of you know he checked it, and I my my shin like tapped on and damn it was like you know those uh cement yeah. metal pole parking poles for the, to stop you from driving it was like kicking that i and i've kicked a lot of shins and i've i've worked with a lot of fighters and it's just like damn <laughs> and uh rosenstruck has that kind of that kind of bone density where it's yeah. just like, wow. <laughs> that's, that's, that's like I said, I, it's the equalizer. Like he's very passive with his strike and he doesn't showcase any aggressiveness at all, but then he, he could be losing a fight and land that shot and then boom, he wins. Yeah. yeah I believe he showcased that in the uh, Alistair Overeem fight. I believe it was where yeah. he was losing, 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 lands the shot in the last, around and wins and he'll do that to guys but then when he doesn't land that shot he gets dominated because by the volume count because he doesn't throw that much he, he relies too much on that shot and too much patience and and his coaches have told him that so he's tried to incorporate a little bit more he showcased a little bit better against blades but blades was able to take him down and control him he did good in his last fight, uh, which was good. But I just – it might be a little biased, but I just see something in this Almeida kid. Yeah, he's – Just the aggressiveness. Yeah, there's something there where, like, he'll go up against anybody, take them down. And he's – it's not like he's just going for the, the rear naked choke. The last couple of fights, he's done the ground and pound. He's showcased a lot of the ground and pound, holding guys there, patience, like fight IQ. And it's like, and this is against heavyweights. This isn't against the light heavyweights. So I feel like he's taken advantage of them with the fact that he's a little bit smaller, kind of like what Suragon did, but Suragon came in with a different style because he was more kickboxing, more striking, but this kid is more about their grappling. He wants to get the fight to the ground and finish you there. And every fight that he has been in, he's won by finish. So he is a finisher. 
and he's getting his opportunity to main event this Saturday, and it's on live TV on ABC. So, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So the whole card is on ABC. Is is it also on ESPN Plus? I hope. <laughs> I believe. I believe. Yeah, I believe it is too. Yeah. And it's an early one, so the the fake card starts at nine a.m. No, ten a.m. Your guys' time. Oh wow! And the main card starts. And the main card starts. Uh, two or three p.m. your time. Cool. So it's going to be an early one because it's on ABC. All right. But other than that, I guess we'll wrap things up. Uh, we talked everything we had to do. Uh, anything you guys ha- have to say before we uh, head on out? Uh, five five nine fights on Saturday. Uh, my boy, my fighter, uh, Dylan the Butcher Ludwig. Uh, nice. Making, making a presence in the in the in the cage, baby. <laughs> nice, nice. And what about you, Alex? Um, yeah, we got a new episode coming out. Uh, I believe next Friday. We'll make the announcement on Monday. And uh, yeah, just follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, find out who it is. Yep. And for the show, please don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on all the social media platforms at Circle Debate. You can also find the Circle of Debate on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Find us on www.youtube.com slash Bloodline ENT. That's also the Twitter handle that we have, so follow us on there. Subscribe to the YouTube page and check out all the content that we have on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. We will be back. we got quite a few uh, weeks. We won't be back until June, actually. For UFC 289, which is taking place in Vancouver, I believe it is. And it's going to be headlined by Irene Aldana versus Amanda Nunez. For you, might as well just say the Bantamweight and Featherweight title because they're both the same thing uh, as of right now because they have nobody at Featherweight. So I just like to combine both at divisions at this point. There you go. They've showed us nothing. That they have any investment in that featherweight division. They literally have five, five fighters that fight there. So we'll be back in a few weeks. Gives us a couple weeks to get ready for it. We'll come in, uh, preview it, and then, of course, we will do the recap the week after. So check us out. But, of course, I'm Dan. This is Coach Rage. This is Alex. And we will see you guys next time.